my name is Lauren Frieder, and my husband Drew and I are lead pastors at Lift Church. We are on the eastern shore of Maryland. We want to thank you so much for joining us today, and we are believing that you will get a lift of encouragement. Matthew chapter 5. Uh, this is going to be um, one of Jesus' first recorded public sermons. So I don't just get to give you a sermon. I don't just get to give you a speech or a talk or anything like that. I get to piggyback off of the preacher of all preachers. I'm talking about the king of all preachers. That's Jesus Christ. And this is what he shared publicly. He said in Matthew chapter 5, he says, When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. And those, and, um, those who were apprenticed to him, the committed climbed with him. So um, some versions of the Bible said he got on a mountain, and that's why we hear this is commonly called as the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and the Bible says here that it was, the, it was the apprentice, it was the committed who climbed to hear him. So I just want to acknowledge, if you are in this place and you're like, Pastor, I am not yet a Christian, I'm just checking things out, I just want to tell you, you're welcome here. We're so glad to have you here. This message right here, it doesn't apply to you just yet. You can actually take notes on what you could uh, critique people who do call themselves Christians because Jesus is talking to the committed. Jesus is talking to the ones who say, I'm interested in what you're doing. I'm ready to follow you. And they follow him to the hillside. And so parts of this series, it might not apply to you just yet, but our prayer is that you'll see how good God is Give your heart to him, and when you do, this does begin to apply. You can't write this portion of the scripture off um, when you give your life to God. And so he says this to the committed, to the, to the apprentice. As they climbed the mountain, they arrived at a quiet place, and he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. Now, he, he then went into what some people... Uh, know very well as the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who weep, blessed are those who, who seek justice. He went into a number of those, and right after that, he went into the very next teaching, still the same sermon, verse 13. His is, he said, let me tell you who you are. I wonder if Jesus got his pointing finger out as he addressed the cut. Let me tell you who you are. He said this, you're here to be salt. Salt seasoning. Come on. Pink Himalayan salt. That's bougie salt right there. All up in our uh, Walmart <laughs> dilapidated salt dispenser. Come on. That's bougie stuff. You, you're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness. And we'll end up in the garbage if you don't have that salty flavor anymore. Here's another way to put it. You are light. Come on, 150 watt old school incandescent light bulb. I don't need no LED power saving thing because you're supposed to be bright. Actually, them LED lights are bright, aren't they? Any of y'all been driving on the road lately? And any sort of cop pulls anybody over, those lights, why are they so blinding? 
<laughs> I'm going to get in an accident trying to avoid the accident as I try to drive by. Like, oh, blues and reds, come on. We're so grateful for our uh, police officers and, and, and everybody. But I'm telling you, LED lights are getting really stinking bright. And God said, you are called. Let me tell you who you are. You are called to be light. You are called to say light. You're called to bring out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. Tell your neighbor we're going public. And you go, ah, I see where they creatively got that sermon title, right? This series is going to be a three-week series talking about how God says to us, Jesus says, you are called to be salt and you are called to be light. Don't we appreciate salt and light? Man, I'm telling you what, I love me some food with the proper salt seasoning. I am a Cajun from Louisiana. You can't put enough spices on it. Come on. We like our crawfish boils. We like sucking the heads, and it's so stinking spicy at the end of it. You're like, oh, that's heaven. And then I moved up here, and they're like, what's your, what's your forte? And my wife's like, chicken and dumplings. I'm like, they need some salt on that stuff. <laughs> you have to, to kick it up for a Cajun, brother. I'm telling you, I like, we, like, we like it seasoned, right? And, and, and don't you like your steak properly seasoned with salt and don't you like light that illuminates the room so you don't stub your toe right come on i'm so grateful for light and for salt now suppose for just a moment i know this is perfectly ridiculous but go with me for a minute these are non-living objects but they have a purpose right we know what the purpose is we know what the purpose is imagine if they were living objects like you and i and they had their own will and they could decide, I don't want to be salt anymore. I don't want to be light. I want to do other things. Uh, well, I, I want to climb mountains. Or uh, I want to make beautiful noises like guitars do. Or, or, or I want to go shopping. Oh, come on. I got my little five-year-old daughter help me out with this one. How ridiculous does this look that the salt shaker starts going? Oh, how, look how cute this looks on me. And I'm going to wear that. Don't act like some of y'all don't have some funky salt shakers you know what I mean they, they, you dress up your little creamer like a cow spitting out milk every time you add to your coffee and, and but but my daughter gave me a hat to go on it so now it's completely completely useless and functionless I can imagine that sitting on her dinner table or imagine a light bulb saying you know what I'm envious that plants oftentimes uh, plant themselves and then they grow bigger so I'm just going to try to plant myself and grow bigger in fact what if it asks for it to just be watered today just just come on isn't this perfectly ridiculous because that's not its purpose it looks it looks ridiculous for it to be outside of its purpose and outside of its will. And Jesus said this, that if you lose your saltiness, you've lost your usefulness. If, 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 if you're wandering from your purpose, you're losing your purpose, your value. You know, uh, I love watching people... When I go work out, I love watching. Any of y'all go to a gym to work out? I've been doing a lot of home workouts. But when I go to a gym, sometimes you like people watching because, you know, some people don't know how to use that gear right. 
You know what I'm talking about? It's been me before, and you're just like, what do I do with this thing? Let me just watch for a minute. Some people are bold enough that they think they have it figured out. And so I put together a, a, a montage of things you can find on social media about people who are using uh, workout equipment a little off from their purpose. Like this guy, for example. Um, oh, that's what late day's supposed to look like. My legs aren't as beefed up as his because maybe I'm supposed to make a racket whenever I do that. Or how about this guy right here? Come on, this guy is absolutely getting it. Come on. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong on ab day. Maybe that's how you get a six-pack and it ain't working out for me because you're supposed to take something and just beat your midsection until you get a six-pack out of it. Or how about this guy right here? Um, I think he's got cardio day figured out. <laughs> I'm sorry, if I saw this dude just working it like this in the gym, I'd be sneaking out my phone too going, catch a load of this guy. Maybe that's why I haven't dropped those, those pesky pounds that I'm looking to drop, because I'm not doing it like that rowing guy. Or how about this guy? I'm about to add this one to my workout arsenal right here. This looks like a great idea. A backflip with dumbbells in your hand. <laughs> what kind of dumbbell? <laughs> Tries to do a backflip with dumbbells that will gash your face and jack you up. And says, you know what's a good idea? I'll get stronger if I do backflips with dumbbells in my hand. Because it's absolutely humorous to me to see people use workout equipment outside of their purpose. I wonder if God is equally as humored when he watches the clips of you and I living outside of our purpose. He created us. To be salt and to be light and to be anything outside of that maybe loses its humor because God created you and I with incredible purpose. Jesus said if you lose your saltiness, you've lost your usefulness. My goal with this three-week series is to encourage you. If you've wandered from your purpose, if you've lost your potency, if you've lost your purpose, if you've lost uh, uh, your, your connection with God, then I want to encourage you for the next three weeks to get back into the groove of who God has called you to be. He's called you to be a difference maker. He hasn't called you to merely exist. He's called you to make a difference. He's called you to light up the room. He's called you to bring out the God flavors in others. He's called you to make a difference. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to make a difference. So here's what I'm doing with this series. We're going to do this for three weeks. And then after that, I'm starting a new series um, on September 12th. It's going to be called Out of the Cave. There are a lot of people hurting in emotional despair, uh, isolation, depression, anxiety. We're going to be talking about these things. We have a lot of friends and we have a lot of family members after the last 18 months that they've found a cave. They found themselves in a cave, in a dark place, and I've heard it over and over again. Pastor, I'm not in a good place. Pastor, I know people who are not in a good place. My coworkers are not in a good place. I'm going to want you to invite them. We'll have, we're going back to the two experience times, so it'll be a new series with um, two experience options, uh, as well as it's going to just, that'll be small group Sunday, so we'll be starting groups too. And so with this series, I want to get you ready that as a church, I believe the harvest field is ripe, Jesus said. 
I believe our city is looking for hope. I believe people have tried substances and dependencies and relationships that didn't hold their weight in the middle of COVID and political turmoil and all kinds of issues that 2020 and 2021 brought us. And we have answers in Jesus Christ. And so we as a church... We got to get ready. Tell your neighbor, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Oh, I'm sounding like T. Jakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. So today, I typically give you a lot of practical steps on how you can apply the message. I'll give you one before we end today. But next week, I'm going to give you six practical ways that you, can, that you can begin to reach your city, your friends, your family with salt and with light. I'm not going to leave you behind on how do I do this. But today, I want to talk to your heart. I really want to address the heart. I want to address your identity. I want to address myself. I want to talk to all of us about his purpose and his will for my life. And then finally on week three, on Labor Day weekend, you're not going to want to miss this. Even if you're traveling, you're going to want to tune in live because I'm going to share four principles of soil and seed. Jesus said, you're salt, you are light, and you are called to sow some seed. And God's got three metaphors that I want to talk about through this series. So today will be more about the heart. You ready? Come on. You ready? Put your hand over your heart. You ready? Okay. All right. Let's do this. I, I, if you like sermon titles, I call this week one, Thy Will Be Done. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Some of my folks like, you forgot to finish it. That was intentional. <laughs> if you got your Bible still open to Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is still preaching two chapters later. So flip two chapters to Matthew chapter 7. If you think I'm a long-winded preacher, Jesus had no problem with long-winded preaching. His most famous sermon on the mount. He's preaching three chapters worth. And so turn to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to turn to later in the sermon as he's getting ready to wrap this thing up. As he's getting ready to conclude. I'm going to tie these two together. So we got his beginning, right? Let me tell you who you are, your salt and your light. And then as he's beginning to conclude, he says in Matthew chapter 7, one of the scariest scriptures I've ever heard someone preach. And it came out of the mouths of the Son of God, Jesus Christ who said this, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everybody's going to make it. Many people think they're going to make it. Not everybody's going to make it. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Now, at that moment, let me say what you are saying on the inside. Oh, crap. <laughs> like, that's a heavy statement. That I can't water this down any bit. He says that some people think they're going to enter into heaven. Pastor, I'm a good person. I do this, that, and the other. And he's going to say, but only those who do the will of my Father 
will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And, and, and if you've got a, a physical Bible and you're taking notes, I would write down, I would circle, I would underline, actually do. <laughs> Um, if you're on a smart device, screenshot that beast, hit edit markup, and circle it a bunch and keep it in your photos. Because I feel like the term actually do, at least for me, is reserved for when I think someone has kind of lost their focus a little bit. Like my little kids, when I say, I asked you to clean your room, did you actually do it? <laughs> Yeah, we did it. We're ready to do the next thing. We're going back to play. No, did you actually do it? I'm going to check it out. Like, we don't ask people who we believe that they're on it if they actually did it. I've never asked the waiter before or the server before who brought me the check. I gave them a credit card, and they brought it back. I never turned to them and said, did you actually do it? <laughs> because I suppose they did it. The only time I asked if they actually did it is if they bring it back to me and they said, it didn't work, tried it two times, I've already used it five times that day, I'm going to use it again. I know there's money in the account, and I look at them and I say, I saw you laughing with your friends over there and swiping like you could do it at any speed. Did you actually do it? Could you try again? Right? We reserve the term actually do to people who might have lost their focus a little bit. I wonder if Jesus is trying to say something to us. Only those who actually do. If we examine, am I doing the will of God with my life? Well, some of us would go, I'm confused. I don't know what that is. Others would say, I've done it before. And others uh, would say, nah. I'm just honestly trying not to go to hell. <laughs> I'm trying to do whatever I got to do to not go to hell. I'll show up to worship on Sundays. I'll get out my Bible a few different times just so that, like, when God looks at me, he's like, oh, I see you, right? I'm just trying to do a few different things so that I just don't end up in hell. Do you know that God's got a much bigger purpose for you than to merely live and exist as long as you can and not end up in hell? God's got such a bigger purpose. Jesus goes on to say, only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Verse 22, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We sang worship songs in Lift Church. We attended three or two or three times a month over to your church. We signed up for a small group. We even served a time or two. We performed many miracles in your name. I pray every morning, and I pray every evening. Verse 23, but I will reply, I never knew you. Go away from me, you who break God's law. You know what I find? And I'm getting ahead of myself, and I'll have to put this back together live somehow. <laughs> but you know what I find is that my will is often the greatest diversion from doing his will. <laughs> I like me. I like mine. I like what's next. My will is for a better job, making more money. My will is getting my kids the best education, get them on the best athletic team. My will is, is making sure I go on the best vacations and, and, and getting the best promotions and, and, and being around the best. No, 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 no. See, that's the problem, the biggest diversion from doing God's will. My will. It's your will. We can blame it on the devil all we want, but aren't we the ones who get distracted? 
with the things in life. You know, when I first heard this text, I was like scared. Because I was living religious enough, like I was going to church and, and I'd given my life to the Lord. But was I spending my Monday thinking about the will of God? Was I spending my Wednesday thinking about the will of God? Did I still have the will of God for my life on my heart when I went out on Friday night? Sometimes yes. Most times no. We can live and we can get caught up in such a religious enough routine that we slip out of being intentional enough. God's up there going, what you doing, bro? <laughs> I didn't really call you to be this on a Friday night. Like, I'm looking for you to be light. And you're like trying to be something you're not. I'm looking for you. I got a purpose for you. I got a plan for you. And so the, the statement is scary, but also isn't it clear? Like, the only those who actually do the will of the Father will enter the kingdom of heaven. I've seen other signs that are equally scary but clear. Like, don't jump out of an airplane without a parachute on or you'll die. That's kind of scary. But I've never lost sleep over that one. Why? Because it's like, okay, if I'm jumping out, get a parachute on before I jump. Right? Or, or how about this one that we were taught a bunch as kids, and I'd love to know if any of y'all have actually used it. If you, if you get caught on fire, stop, drop, and roll. Right? I remember being in elementary school, being taught, stop, drop, and roll. I was scared out of my mind. What are you talking about? Get lit on fire like your whole body's on fire. If your whole body's on fire, what you should do is get down there on the floor and just start rolling. Any of y'all ever lost sleep on that one? Because it's clear. As scary as that is, it's clear. Here's a good one. All of our college kids are coming back to campus. Boy, we love our college students. Y'all give it up for every one of our college students. Here's one sign I saw posted on a dorm room somewhere on a college campus in America. Go ahead and throw this one up. Uh, in the elevator, there's a sign saying, do not get on an elevator with one of these inside of it. <laughs> if, if it leaks, you will die. So leave it be. Someone is waiting for it on another floor. Like, isn't that kind of an, um, an off-putting sign? Can you imagine, like, come on, I'm ready to see my new dorm room, and ding, what is that? <laughs> I'm going to wait for the next one. You don't really lose sleep over it. Why? Because when it's clear, all I got to do is do what it says to do, and I will live. Put on a parachute before you jump off. Roll if you get caught on fire. If you see one of these on the elevator, just take the next one, and you'll live. You think God's not trying to send a similar message? Only those who actually do the will of life. This doesn't have to be a scary scripture if you do what he says. Right? He, he says this. It, it, um, I, I wrote this down in my notes. If many will miss out on heaven who think they should be going, then this elevates God's will to the number one concern for our lives, does it not? Like if you ever heard Jesus say, hey, let me share something with you. Many people think they're going to heaven and they're not. Only those who do the will of the Father. Doesn't doing the will become like, I've got to discover the will of God for my life. 
Like, not how to beat this stinking level on my video game, not how to get a promotion, not how to earn enough money, not how to get my kids through school without hating me. Come on. Those things are maybe admirable, maybe good. They're not the most important thing because they're not eternal. Your eternal state matters. And so I, have, I can't put off. I can't just go, I'll deal with that when life's less busy. I'll come back to it a little bit later on. We have got to ask ourselves the mega self-examination question of the day. Close your eyes and answer for yourself. Am I living for his will? There's a lot riding on that question. You owe it to yourself to explore it. If you don't know it, shouldn't that become the thing that consumes us? I got to get a grasp on this thing and go after it. You owe it to yourself to figure it out. Now, I said actually do feels reserved for those who have lost focus. And then that's the, uh, oh, here we go. I came back to my port and my, my message that I, I jumped ahead of. Write this down. My will is the dominant diversion from his will. My will is the dominant diversion from his will. Vacations. Where am I going to eat? How do I do? How do I make better food? Like, which team's my kid going to play for? Which school are they going to go for? Are we going to do this? Why do we settle for such insignificance? I know I do. I do it too. You know, does anybody want on our epitaph? Here lies so-and-so. They didn't make heaven bigger or hell any smaller, but they could barbecue a mean steak. (laughs) You wanted one of those, bro. (laughs) Like, does anybody want that to be, that was my significance? That was my purpose. If you can, (laughs) barbecue a mean steak and then be salt and light to the company who comes to eat the steak. You know, I think we all internally know that we are made for more. We are chosen for a purpose. God's got a bigger plan than what we often settle for. In fact, 87% of the body say they don't know their purpose. 87% of the body of Christ. If 87% of your body did not know its purpose, you'd probably be dead. Oh, it's a hand. What do I do with it? I'll try to walk on it. It's a knee. What does it do? I think I'll use it to throw footballs. <laughs> we got to figure out our purpose. Figure out what God's got for us. Evidently, some people are confused in life because there's people in, who are living today who think their purpose is to take a whole bunch of cell phone numbers. Has this happened to you? And if it and find all the cell phone numbers that are very similar to it and text like 50 numbers at the same time, an annoying message and just group them together and send it from an email account that no one can track. And everybody's like, who did this, bro? Any of y'all got caught up in any of those? This is just me. My wife and I have the same number, change one digit. Add a one to my number, you got her number. So we end up in these group messages, and you kind of go, really? (laughs) Again? (laughs) Who is sitting out there going, you know, I really believe that the reason I was created is I'm good at grouping numbers together and annoying them. (laughs) 
if I do that a hundred times a day, God is going to be so proud at what he created me to do. We know that there's many people confused. So for the next two weeks, I'm going to help you see how you can be better salt, how you can be brighter light. But let me leave you today with one scripture spelling out God's will for your life. In case you're like, okay, I don't even know what it is, but give me a place to start. Get out your pen. Write this down. Matthew 5 says this. I go back to the beginning. Verse 13. Let me tell you who you are. You are salt. You're called to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors. Don't focus on other flavors. Don't focus on your flavor. Bring out his flavor. The interesting thing about salt, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself for next week. It makes whatever you put it on taste better. Takes on the properties of what you put it on. Bring out God's flavors. It, here's another way to put it. You are light. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public. Maybe you spent too much time being salt that loves to shop. Or maybe you've been too much, spent too much time being a light bulb living off purpose. God says... Your light. This is what you were created for. You can look around and go, yeah, but I, I do other things well. That's fine. Do those other things well to bring out the God light. <laughs> you don't have to stop. You don't, have, you don't have to change careers. Some of you may. But what you do have to do, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, is you have to actually do the will of God for your life, which means you can't run from it. You're salt. You're light. you got a purpose. You're here to make heaven bigger and hell smaller. Oh, we're going to do it in a bunch of different ways. The way it looks when Paige does it from a salon chair to the way that I do it in a pulpit to the way CJ does it at a college campus. It's going to be different, but we're going to be equally salted and lighting up with God has done the good news come on so over the next next week you're going to want to type in i'll give you more practicalities on how to be salt and light but here's what i want to do to close we want to help you make going public as easy as possible when we talk about sharing our faith when we talk about expressing who god is when we talk about praying with someone when we talk about passing it on we oftentimes get nervous don't we we wonder if we're inadequate or if we got what it takes or if if I could do it well enough, and here's what we want to do is make it as easy as possible, and that's this. Every one of you in your cup holder has gotten one of these. I want you to take it out right now. We've got a pen holding together a piece of paper that says, Going Public. God has you in the environment he's got you in the circles of influence you're in for a reason. You're there to be light. You're there to be salt seasoning. And so, I believe that God's already put a few people on your mind right now. 
Whoever those names are, I want you to take that pen. And I want you, I'm going to pause for just a moment. And I want you to listen to God. And I believe that God's going to start dropping names on your soul. Coworkers, family members, people you know who need to hear the good news of God. And a little bit of direction. People who are wandering. People who are hurting. Go ahead. I'm going to be quiet right now. I just want you to spend a moment with God. And as you hear a name, write it down. Write it down. Don't say, I don't need to write it down. I'll remember it. Write it down. Write it down. Many of you probably got a name immediately. Many of you got two names immediately. Some of you might have gotten stuck, and you're like, I, I still got a blank. That's okay. This is what I'm asking you. Pray this week. God, who, who, who should I be reaching out to? <laughs> because the names on your list are not people that I can reach. I don't know them. The names on your list are, are, are people that God put you as salt and you as light where you're at to do it. And I'm telling you, put them on your list, and here's what I'm asking you to do. Pray over these names, and then I want you to take one invite. We gave you three invites for the three names you just wrote down to our next series, Out of the Cave. And I want you to pray over these names, and then I want you to go out there and be salt and light. There's more than one way to be salt and light to your neighbors. We're just trying to give you a really easy way that everybody can accomplish. And then what I want you to do when you have given them one is I want you to check off next to their name that I've done this. Oh, this is right up my task-oriented people's alley. Half of you are like, yes, a list. <laughs> the other half of you are like, list. Just go with us. Go with us. Let's pray. Put your hand over your list right now. Father, we pray over every name that you just dropped on our heart. These are people who are more than likely lost. They're looking for light. They're wandering around in the darkness. Father, forgive me for holding back and not sharing the good news of God. If I've got the solution, if I've, if, I've, if I've got the remedy, why would I keep it to myself? Father, I pray that you would equip me with the right setting, the right words, the right opportunity to invite your, per, uh, uh, your son, your daughter, to hear more about you. I know it's going to be good news. I know their life is going to be lifted up if they would just get connected with you. So, Father, I pray that you would do it, and I'm asking you. Now, now pray, put, put your hand over your own heart. I'm asking you to give me courage. I'm going to need courage. You told Joshua, go, be strong, and be courageous. I'm going to need that courage. You sent the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 to give power. The Bible says in Acts 1-8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would swarm us, overwhelm us with power. Many of us are saying, this isn't me. That's what the preacher does. That's what someone else does. Yet Jesus preached this message to his dedicated followers that would have been you and I so father let me not run from it let me not make excuses but father would you encourage empower your sister give your boy some strength I'm gonna need it In Jesus name one more thing I, I want to do is, is this if you actively living for you will no I think I'm one of those ones who actually has settled for I just don't want to go to hell honestly I just don't want to go to hell I understand that's a good start 
but it isn't while you're breathing air. Right now, if that's you, would every head bow, every eye close, would you just open up your hands to heaven and just say, Father, I, I want to receive a new purpose. Take me further than that. I want to I live everything that you've called me and designed me to live for. In Jesus' name, and with every head bowed and every eye closed, the last question I want to ask is some of you in here say, Pastor Drew, I'm not even really right with God. At the beginning of the message, you said some of you are not Christian. You said some might be checking it out. Something was happening to me as you were preaching. I want to hear more about this. I want to draw closer to God, but I've done some dumb things. I have done things I'm ashamed of. I'm living in, in, in I feel guilty. Honestly, if, if I were to stand before God right now, I don't know how it would go. Would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? If your answer is I don't know. And this next question is for you. Would you give your life to Jesus right now? The Bible says that if you'll confess him as the son of God, the Lord, your savior, believe him with all your heart, ask him for forgiveness, you will be saved. You don't have to have a question mark when you answer that question. It doesn't have to be I don't know or how would I know. It can be, Pastor Drew, I know that I'm right with God. If you're not right with God, then in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up high so that God can see that I'm making a decision with my life today. I'm not going to call you down. I'm not going to embarrass you. In fact, the whole church, we got our head bowed. We got our eyes closed. Come on, the person online. I, if I'm speaking to you, the person in this room, if I'm speaking to you, just real quickly say, Pastor Drew, include me in that prayer. Today is the day that I give my life to Jesus Christ. Come on, right now, just raise your hand up high. Say, God, today's a new day. Today's a new day. My heart is yours. Come on, I see a number of hands all over this room. I'm sure there's people on the chat right now. This is an exciting day. God's got a bigger purpose for you, and it starts. We're just getting tight with God. Come on, church. Let's pray together, especially those who have raised their hand. You can put it down, and we're going to pray a prayer that declares God as our Lord and ask God for forgiveness. Come on, let's repeat after me, church. Jesus, I give you my life. Oh, I've made mistakes. I've sinned. I know I have hurt you. I've even let myself down. Father, I've made so many mistakes. And I just want to come to you right now and ask you to forgive me. I'm sorry for what I've done. All of it. And I don't want to live that life anymore. I thank you that Jesus came and lived on earth. He was beaten and bruised in my place. He died on the cross so that I could be free. I am a new person now because of what he did for me. Jesus, I accept you into my heart. Help me to live for you and to pursue you and to love you with all of my days and all of my actions. In Jesus' name, we pray, and everyone say,